we're back. Back in action. Been, man, it's like been a weirdly quiet couple of weeks for both of us. Yeah. These last few weeks. Been, uh, <laughs> you were... It's been really strange, man, because it's like, you know, we talk nearly every day or, you know, we interact, especially like through memes and stuff every day. But yeah. you turn around and it's like, holy shit, it was two weeks. You know, like, where did mm-hmm. it go? And I don't know if it's yeah. just a feeling that I have where every single day, you know, counter to what I told you today, kind of being a slower day. Yeah. Um, it seems like the majority of my days I get to wake up. I have a little bit of a, you know, I can take a shower, get my coffee, but man, once, (laughs) once the keys in the ignition, so to say, like once my day really revs up, as soon as I sit down, I go to sleep. You know, I am, I am in constant perpetual motion. And the problem with that is it feels like I'm, walking three steps to gain one, you know, or, or Mm. doing three times the effort to get 30% of the result. And, uh, I don't know why that is. I don't know if, if I'm, if I'm losing a step or if I just can't keep up with the ever evolving changes of things, you know, kind of going on, but it, time just really, really is moving fast right now. And I, I, what do you think that is? Do you think it's just the inundation of all the info and stuff we get or how connected we stay? Yeah, probably. I also, I also think there's this, maybe not compulsion is not the right word, but like this weird thing where being busy is like a thing that is, I don't, desirable might not even be the right word, but that's what people want people to think that they are, you know? So like almost it creates this, well, I need to be doing something. And so you're, even if you're not really being productive, you're, you're spending energy somewhere that's, you're just wasting, right? So you end up like doing a lot throughout the day without actually accomplishing much. And you felt busy all day long because you felt like you needed to be doing something. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to see if I'm, if I'm narrowing it right. That is an accurate thing because when I, when I am not doing something, when I'm actively like, you know, away from my phone, I'm not interacting with other people. Um, I don't have a specific project that needs hands on right this minute. I feel like I'm failing. And I don't, I don't know that that is self-induced because I'm a high achiever. I'm a, I'm a high drive person as it is. Or if it is more of that, like, man, this guy started his business three months ago and he's crushing it. Yeah. This guy started this business the same day I did and he's crushing it. So I don't know if it's like, like I go back to, is that my inability to adapt? Is it, is it, am Mm. I the wrong message at this chapter in the book, you know, kind of thing? Or is it more like kind of talked to Casey about it this morning on one of our calls. And uh, the thing about it is an old guy was, talking about business and integrating the the internet into his business and he was like I was resistant you know I I thought man I don't want to do this this is a this is a hands-on handmade product you know I don't need the internet to sell it and he said my son was pretty open to the idea of it so he was like dad just make me 10 of, of this specialty product and he goes I don't sell 10 in two years and he said just make me 10 of them and I'll sell them so the kid goes on essentially like 
I guess at the time it probably would have been eBay or some kind of traders forum. Yeah. And he sells them in like three days, four days. And his dad like instantaneously understood, you know, yep. this is, this is going to change everything. And I am yep. very resistant to those things. One, because like we talked about with music, I don't try to be the, the guy that like once a band hits the radio, I'm like, Oh, they've sold out and whatever. But I do tend to resent the new fans, the people that come for one song because they heard it on the radio. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the way I get with a lot of um, a lot of things about the Internet. We talked about it the other day. Like I have things that I want to say or, or feel important. And it's like right now, like really with everything that's going mm. on, this is this is what I'm wanting to say. And I think that's a challenge for me. And then also it's like going back to the comparative stuff. And I know people will probably listen to this being like, what the fuck is this dude's problem? But like, I don't want to be misrepresented or misunderstood as something that I'm not. And Mm. I would challenge most people that anyone has ever compared me to that. If you set us down while we might both look like the same thing on the outside, you know, there's respect to both. There's differences Mm -hmm. that just vary more than a and z you know and uh that for me has always been one of my problems because i misrepresented myself so poorly in powerlifting that i don't want to do that again Mm. and then it's also like i don't really give a fuck if anybody does know me you know like that's that's the the balance of where i'm at you know because i think the, the the balance part of that though is especially when it relates to posting or or being public with any message, whether it's public speaking or podcast or, you know, whatever it is, anytime you're being public with something that you're saying, the, I, the things that I'm seeing are like, if you say it, how you meant to say mm-hmm. it, like whatever it is. And like you, you, you were confident in what you said and you, and you said what you said at the best of your ability to like, it's yeah. done. It's not your responsibility for everybody else to understand it a certain way. Yeah. Well, do you know what I, I mean? Do. Like, and I, I just I question why I I kind of wrestle with that because if you look back through Instagram or Facebook or anything social media wise, I mm. have these spells and I'm just in one of those spells. But when I come out of it, man, it's like it's like a fucking hurricane. You know, for six yeah. eight months, like all this stuff that has been swirling and swirling and building and building with nowhere to go suddenly finds traction. And it's like, you know, I can zip one liners. I can zip 500 words on a post mm-hmm. or it's just like, it is a version of writer's block that I have that I know will come to an end, but it's in a creative space entirely for me right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. With the outdoors job, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that we're trying to navigate there, some new things, new ideas, um, competitive challenges with companies that are that are just steamrolling forward in this direction that you'd have never thought would be. So there's that end. And then for the peace, love, and meat side, like I said, what are we trying to say? What are we trying to do? Who are we yeah. trying to help? And answering those questions almost to the point of finite impossibility. You know, you want to sharpen yeah. that spear so so much that it just it gets where it's going. But man, to to quote my buddy Ben Eipert and our buddy Ben Eipert, he killed a bull this morning, by the way. 
Um, oh, nice. He said, I got to read the quote because it's timely and it's perfect for this. He says, um, shit, where'd it go? Oh, he was sending it from an inReach. He said, the solution to poor marksmanship is rounds down range, two arrows and a bull, Ben. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh but anyway, um, you know, that's what I'm saying there, too, is like sometimes you just have to say what's real, put it out there, mm-hmm. and then course correct as you go. I think that's just the thing is um, to go back to what I was talking to with Casey, he was like, you can't expect your life to be so great and so cool that you can, if it is, you can't define it in one picture a month. And then yeah. also, like, if you just share one picture a month in a world where everybody's on the street corner with a bullhorn, who gives a fuck, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's somewhere between here and there that, um, and then also getting up, like it, maybe not getting upset, but frustrated if it's the lack of like, if it's the one picture a month, yeah. right? Like then getting upset when people don't understand yeah, yeah. like the point like, well, you're not giving them enough to build context around how you speak, how like, so you know, there's, that's the other part of it too, where it's like, you have to be present enough to where people understand this is how he talks. This is who he is. Like he, if he says something like this and, but we've we've only seen three, three messages or three posts or three emails this year. It's like people might not have a clue how you actually mean that. And that I understand. So it's like, there's the, the line between where do I, I need to give enough to provide context. So what I'm saying makes sense and hopefully helps people in the way that I'm intending it versus like just barfing out stuff that I'm trying to write to make it sound a certain way to like, to get the clicks, to get the stuff because it, it hits checks the boxes of what makes a viral something. Yeah. Right. Like, and, but the thing that was helped the most for me is making that switch of, because I used to try to write to sound a certain oh, yeah. way. Everyone does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone does. Mm-hmm. Like they want it to sound like they want the writing to sound like a voice that's not their mm-hmm. own. Right. When I started just like, and honestly the thing that was helpful the most was just like speech to text. Yeah. Like record myself saying something and see how it looks when it's written out just straight from my mouth on to a rec- like a re- speech to text thing. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, now we'll fix some grammatical stuff here or whatever. But from there, I don't necessarily need to change a bunch because this is how I talk. Yeah. Like, and if you've met me in person, if I write something like this, you're like, that sounds exactly yeah. like Ross does it. That Could sounds like Brandon's. Like, well, yeah, that's the a point. Transcriber, whenever you're like in the midst of an argument, that way, like for, for statistical <laughs> and data reference. No, this is exactly what you said right here. This is what you said. Yeah. 11 13 a.m this is what you said <laughs> you know yep exactly but, i have the record right yeah here. i need one of those <laughs> just what's it a little dictaphone yeah, or whatever yeah, right? they're called <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be hilarious have a little uh transcriber just typing it out <laughs> like a little court just to scribe make over in the corner so like audaciously like th- this doesn't even matter just hey, we're gonna call the court transcriber let's get her over here we're going to yes. have it out. Wait, <laughs> yes. wait till she's here. Strike that from the record, please. <laughs> so we talked, That's we talked funny. a little bit about, um, some nutrition stuff before this started. Yeah. And you know, I, I've talked about that weekly calorie count, weekly macro count kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I still believe 
that there is a benefit to having balance throughout your day. Like you can't eat, you know, if you got a 200 pound person eating 200 grams of protein, you can't eat 1400 grams of protein on Monday and go without. Right. So, yeah. you know, you want to attribute some balance to this. So I've been doing this for a while. And like I said, I've enjoyed burgers and pizza and beers every single week, every single week. Yep. Um, this past Monday, I think I weighed 219 on the scale. Uh, I saw you post that, yeah. dude. When, when was the last? Have you been in the teens? It's, a two teen in a in a it's while. It's been a pretty good while. I did it. Um, so this round to, to kind of give a little backdrop to the, what my whole process is. I like three to four cycles a year of up and down in weight. So I yep. like to two twenty five to two thirty five is kind of like I have this image of myself in that range. 10 to 12% body fat, um, muscular, lean, fit, healthy. Like those are kind of my, Mm -hmm. my requirements. I can't, I can't be unhealthy and look like I'm healthy. So I want, I want the whole balance. And, um, for me, what I typically do and where I'm at right now on that end of the scale is 230 to 20. And I Mm. doubt I'll ever go to the 240 side of things, but if I keep improving improving then the 230 will slide back up to like 221 to 231 but when i hit 220 my diet changes i get free for a little bit i add a little bit more protein but i also have some carbs because i'm at the low end of the spectrum and i just kind of eat cheat my way back up to 230 don't try to be sloppy don't try to lose Mm -hmm. lose the detail but just allow myself enough extra calories through foods that i enjoy to reach a point that i want to get to and then try to come back down to 220 again, a little bit more muscular, just a touch leaner, but the same weight. So 219, I'll hit that maybe, I think I hit it once last year. Um, so it's been a year at least since I hit it. Uh, are you are you pretty judicious with where you put that stuff you're adding back in throughout your no, day? It, or is it just whenever? Like you're not worried about the timing of carbs around workouts or anything is, like that? that is or the, is it, the two rules that I, I probably adhere to, um, all of them are loosely, but at most adherence sure. would be one. I really do strive less and less for one gram per pound. A little bit more yep. of like, okay, I'm 220 pounds. Let's get 200 grams in. You know, let's get, let's get 200. That was going to be my next one. So do you do the per pound or per lean pound? I tend, Cause I know that that's one that's people go back well, and forth on, you know, for someone that's overweight, I automatically just assume let's go to the lean pound because calories are their problem. It's anyway. a lot smaller of a number. You know? Yeah. So, and it's a little bit more attainable for someone who has no discipline just on the grounds that they're coming to me for diet advice and they're overweight to some level. Um, yeah. So can't tell so you can't tell somebody day one you need 300 grams of protein tomorrow right tomorrow it's like, like if let's, yeah. <laughs> let's make this priority number one let's have this many eggs yeah. at breakfast and then three meals of eight ounces of meat throughout the day and then you're at you know 200 yep. ish grams of protein just make it simple but yep so for me what i do is the portions get a little bit bigger on the carbohydrates the fats and the proteins kind of stay the same um, I definitely have a few more cookies. I definitely have, um, <laughs> like I said, foods I enjoy a little bit more loosely when I'm on that 10 pound swing up. But as soon as I hit 2:30, like if I balloon myself up to 2:30 tomorrow with water weight, I have mm-hmm. to get that back down to something that would make sense to me. Like, oh, I should be like 221.5. So it's not just mm. like an aggressive. Let's get to 2:30 at all costs. It's like yeah. let's take two, three, four weeks to get there you know, a couple pounds a week or something like that, pound a week. 
Mm -hmm. Same way that I lose it. But it's given me the ability to try things. And and there's also the idea that, you know, when you're at the top of the mountain, it's very easy to walk around. Like you can stay up there for a long time. That's the same way it is when you're physically conditioned to a level you want to be at. Our body likes homeostasis. Our body likes being at a comfortable place. And once you get to a level, that is far easier to maintain, even with experimentation, than it is to get there through experimentation. And that's what I've been doing. So to go back to the caloric week, um, and I'll Mm -hmm. just speak around 2,000 calories and and 3,000 calories a day, you either have 14,000 calories a week or 21,000 calories a week, depending on what you need. Very simple math. Um, Everybody's going to be a little different from that, but two baselines. For me, what I like to do, because, you know, on the weekends or if I'm traveling on the road, um, I need the flexibility to be out and have a greasy burger or the only thing available is Chinese or pizza or something like that. So when I can, I'm as disciplined to the point of, I don't measure anything, but it's, I know eight ounces is roughly 50 grams of protein. If it's meat, you know, I know the the macro breakdowns for, for eggs. I know the macro breakdown for a cup of rice, like simple math I can do on the fly. And I do some meal prep as well, but I like having, I like food. I like going to places. I like trying new things. I like tacos. I like, I just enjoy the atmosphere of a good restaurant or a shitty bar that has good food. Like I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And with that for me is, you know, I like a beer with a burger. I like a beer with pizza. I like, so to me, if you're not trying to stand on a bodybuilding stage or a physique stage of any kind, if you're just judged somewhat on your, your performance like by, by yourself, like, do I get up and can yeah. I do the things that I want to do for me, that burger, that pizza, that beer or whatever you want to insert into that role is the pressure release valve. You know, I've worked very hard for a number of years to get to a place where one, I can look at myself at 220 pounds and realize I'm still a pretty big guy, you know, coming from a place at 340 pounds where I thought, man, I need to get bigger. Um, understanding the capability of this body, understanding that the demand I put on it four to five days a week carries me into the next week, but it also doesn't diminish greatly if I'm happier because I had food and, and drink with people that I care about and love, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, because mm-hmm. I've been the other, I've been seven days a week, 365 days a year to the point that everyone around me was miserable. So I don't want that for myself or anyone else. Um, but the cool thing about it is I'd never really had anyone else kind of adapt to that model. You know, I've never put a client on that. I've never asked anyone to do it, but one of the guys heard me talk about it and I think followed up to one of the podcasts where we talked about it has been implementing it for about three months. And that's kind of in line probably yeah. with the first time I really started talking about it. He's yeah. lost 32 pounds. His name's John. Um, he was right at about 290 pounds. And I think he said he was touching 260. So the cool thing about it for him was it was like, I didn't want to miss those opportunities to go out with my friends. I didn't want to, you know, come in there with a, a Tupperware kit when I'm going to my buddy's father's bar and we're going to eat food and have yeah. some drinks. So it was like, it just made sense to him and he started implementing it. And it was like, I didn't go in there to get smashed drunk, but I could have two beers. I could have this. Yep. So he was still keeping track of his calories, had a f- clear focus of his goal and he was able to do it. And I think part of what I want people to understand if you are in a dire situation, like if your health is at risk, 
this is not the answer. Like there are much, much yeah. more aggressive protocols to get you healthy. This is something that I think is a healthy approach to the insanity culture of dieting, something that can kind of break you free of some of those things. And it will take time. Like I, I have coached people with nutrition. I'm not a nutritionist, but that is a part of the science of powerlifting and building yourself up that I understand. So I was able to help people with that. And I just wish that I had known some of the concepts that I utilize now, because even, even with all that knowledge, even with hundreds of clients under my belt, it still took me time to come to this. It still took my body time to adjust to this. So I'm not saying that it won't work immediately for someone, but if you've never done a diet at all and you're really struggling with the concepts of, I don't know how to weigh my food, I don't know how to do this, this might be a good starting place with a little bit of breathing room where you can understand, yeah. okay, I get, I get 1,500 cheat calories a week out of my 21,000, and I want to structure yep. those around Friday. Okay, great. And if it's 750 on Friday and 750 on Saturday, maybe that's a, a fried chicken sandwich and two beers. There you go. That's your cheat meal for that day. Yep. As long as you can yep. just start putting understanding, and it goes back to what I've been talking about a lot, like a perfect diet is no better for you if you don't apply it and don't understand it. But if you can look at something that's like, man, this diet allows me to look at this from a 50,000-foot view see my week as a whole, see that I know that I'm going to a wedding this weekend or I'm going to a birthday party this weekend. And I want to enjoy that with the people that I never get to see, mm -hmm. with the food that I don't typically get to eat. Okay, I got to backlog some calories for that. And maybe, yeah, maybe for more sure. than backlogging calories, it's like, you know what, I'm going to do two extra miles three days this week on my hike or on my walk or whatever. Yeah. So adding calories and then restricting calories or backlogging calories well, hell, Saturday just turned into Mardi Gras. Like, go have fun, you know? So that's what's worked for me. It's just a pressure release valve that I think keeps me on track, keeps me focused, but I know that I get to enjoy the things that I want to enjoy. And I'm not competing. I'm not beholden to some standard of anyone else. Like, I'm 41 years old going on 42. I want to enjoy myself. The, the, the point that you made, too, that I think is even maybe not more important, but presents itself in a much more attainable way for some people is that this approach that you've outlined more than anything, I think from, from hearing it and looking at it, it helps build just nutritional discipline mm -hmm. to, some to a degree, right? Like that's why it's so like, that's why it's attainable is because there's, and, and it's not because it's easier or because it's like letting you off the hook because there are people who will take that sure. and, like not follow through on stuff. And those, you know, those types of people need different types of things, but there's a level to this where there's enough structure that it's simple to follow, but it's not so overbearing that it stresses people out you know, it, or, or that it should stress people out, right? Like it, it shouldn't be stressing you out to do something like this, especially if you're looking mistake. at it. That, that exactly. And, and, and being able to look at that, just from the standpoint of taking, like you said, somebody that's that's brand new in the situation, providing structure, because that's what most of the time, actually 100% of the time, that's what those people need mm -hmm. the most is just give me a structure yeah. to follow. And what ends up happening is with most people, they'll do something that's like a complete 180 yeah. flip of their entire existence for however many decades on this earth so far. And it's like they're 
four hours into it on Monday and they're like, I I can't well, do this. And you, you become right? hyper obsessed about that. Like, yeah. I am the kind of person that does. I, I'm, I'm right. very much a type B personality, but like with building arrows or when it comes to nutrition, when I was mm-hmm. competing or when it came to training, when I was competing, mm-hmm. man, I can get as type A about those things. Like I'm a, I'm a rabbit hole guy. Like I, I love yep. the sky, but once I find the cloud, that's got the things that look like what I want to see, I can stare at it for hours, you know? So yeah. it's like, that's the way I operate. And I think, like I said, this, this gives you some room for mistakes and analysis. Like you have seven rounds to fight. You know what I mean? Each week. Yeah. And if you kind of yeah. get your ass kicked on Monday. That's a good way know, to look at it You get your too. ass kicked on Monday. Well, you got to regroup and tighten up Tuesday and Wednesday for sure. And maybe that means yep. you have to tighten up the rest of the week. But you know what? If you steamroll yeah. those first four or five rounds, well, guess what? You can enjoy and cut back a little bit. And you don't have to work mm-hmm. as hard on the sixth and seventh round. I like thinking of things of myself in a physical fight. I talked about deadlifting that way. Like if I had to deadlift this yep. bar off of my, my loved one to save their life, or if the only way to de- defeat my enemy in battle was to pull this thing off the ground, like I had to conceptualize as a fight. So seven days, seven fights, you know, that's, that's it for me. That's the way that I build my mindset. And if, um, I, if Friday <clears throat> and Saturday are my day, well, that's round six and seven. You know, and yeah. to go back, if once you get that week protocol down and you can look at, I've got 21,000 calories this week and just kind of keep track of where you are, even loosely, don't, don't get a fit, my fitness pal or whatever. Just start learning the basics. Eight ounces of meat is 50 grams. Uh, this many eggs yeah. is 50 grams. This much, uh, ri- cup of rice is 300 calories. Like start just learning very, very basic stuff. Keep track that way. And then once you get good at that, then you can go to a daily basis. I need 2,800 calories per day. Now I'll start tracking those with a fitness app, start getting a little bit more detailed, and then you can get really specific to meal by meal. And I think if people go that approach and sometimes just ebb and flow between the three of them, like there are times, and you'll see by the pictures I post on Instagram, when I need to be detailed, I am weighing, measuring, putting on a plate and photographing it for accountability. When it's more loose, like it has been, I don't post a whole lot because I'm eating just what I want, you know? The interesting aspect of this, as I look at it, because I'm in a, a different place nutritionally right now. Cause of, like I said, a, maybe a month or two ago, I've been dealing with like some gut stuff and some other things. So I've, I've been kind of specific on a few things that I'm <laughs> removing from my diet lately mm-hmm. and, and working on adding in a couple others. But like you had said early on, this is, more if you're in need of healing something right whether it's gut stuff it's autoimmune it's you know whatever it is you need to be on a specific protocol like this could probably still help to some degree but if you need something specific you need to look at it a little more dialed in and uh having something like this it's all about the the structure right because i think the other side of this in a lot of the ways that people approach nutrition is it's like, well, I just need to listen. I need to listen to what my body's telling me and whatever, but they're trying to do that without a foundation of understanding what's going in their body. Right. So like my analogy that I use all the time is with no surprise, it's playing guitar, right? Like you can't just go ham on a guitar solo over anything. If you don't understand what notes are on the fretboard, 
Like, sure, I could play a bunch of crap and it sound like garbage, right? Like, I don't understand what I'm doing enough to be able to improvise off of it on my own yet without the structure. And it's the, and I think it's the same where, like, eventually we'll, you, you get to the point and we should, I think, especially men, just in terms of how I think a lot of men operate more in the nutrition realm, don't necessarily need to be the hyper, like, I'm going to weigh every grain of rice I eat for the rest of time type of person, right? Like, unless it's just totally personality dependent and you enjoy it. I think most guys operate better when they get to that point and they're like, I understand what I need now. I can be a little bit more free with it, which is like kind of the point where you're coming in to this. It's like, here's the structure, but you also have the freedom. And I think that's what makes it appealing to guys specifically is like, I don't want to be the friend that rolls up with a, with the whatever they're called shoulder bag of six all pack, six of six my Tupperware. Yes, exactly. No on them. I like, used I those motherfuckers. They were good. I, I used to they use them good. too, man. Like but yeah, you're, you're the but, ultimate dweeb in the friend group automatically. Exactly. But then I think, I think too about, and I think I know we've brought it up on here before, but the Laird Hamilton line where he always says, don't be a liability. Yeah. Like you can't be, and we talked about it once when we were talking about optimization, right? Like you can't be so quote unquote, optimized that if you go out once and you know have a burger or whatever your your stomach is toast and you're sick for two days after like that's not healthy either you know what i mean and so you got to be like he in in the context of how laird was doing he's like if somebody calls you and they want to take you out for dinner and you go to a cheeseburger place you should be able to go there and be fine if somebody calls you and they say hey we're going to go on this like eight mile hike do you want to come you should be like, yeah, I can do that. Let's well, go. And you know, there's something right? there's like, something else too that's really helped me. So, I did four years of antibiotics, um, pretty much consistently straight through, and some of those yeah. were like dosages that were experimental. You know, uh, talking about not climbing yeah. a mountain with the experiment. Well, I was the experiment, and the the goal was saving my leg, and then secondarily saving my life. Maybe not in that order, but in in my mind, it was let's sure. save my leg because I'm alive. So yeah. Uh, my gut was a train wreck and I literally started with egg whites, chicken and uh, cream of rice and kind of built my way back up through that. But one thing I didn't really do a good job of was, and listen, I used to think the listen to your body, do what your body's telling you shit was good. Look around at the people in this fucking country right now. They are, yeah. they have, that's all they're doing is listening to their bodies and yeah, look at and them. I mean, and it's not just, look, <laughs> it's not just the look at them. It's like, look at them, you know, their mm-hmm. financial, like their, their financial discipline, their sexual discipline, their self-discipline in any regard, mm-hmm. like the, the, the ability to wait for something when everything is at your fingertips, seemingly like it's, everything is Las Vegas right now. You know, everything looks yep. good until you touch it and you find out it's just laminated plywood. You know, it it ain't the it ain't the red oak that you thought it was. So it's like right. that's the way everything is. Anything that is quickly and readily available, it's that way for a reason. It's low value. Things that are important and matter, they take investment and they take time. That's why all these ten hour fasts and these get slim quick diets, yeah, you may see some benefit, but you're gonna put it back on plus some. Because your body yeah. is going into defense mode to, to course correct the bullshit you just put it through. The biggest mm-hmm. saving grace for me in this process is I have, just like I, I have 10 or 7 fights, I have 10 rounds of pounds. 
that I fight with. Yeah. You know, like if I start gaining too quickly, well, you know what, the next week I've got to be on it. And maybe I don't get my Friday, Saturday burger and pizza and beers, you know, like yeah. it's, it's always just taking that information and applying it forward. If not, if you're not applying what happens to you, if you're not applying the information that's coming into you, into your personal organism based on decisions and actions you take, if you're not applying new information, you might be the dumbest motherfucker alive. And I'm looking <laughs> in the mirror, like at my own face about that, because I've yeah. been that person so many times in my life because I thought I could just keep pushing harder and pushing harder and pushing harder and get a different result. And we know that's insanity. So for somebody that is looking for structure, looking for some breathing room, some ability to, mis- to make a mistake, to have a misstep, or to simply earn it and enjoy themselves, I think this, this yeah. is a system that if you've tried everything else, like here's something right. that I, I know me and one other guy tried and it worked. I'm not saying it's, it's the, the be all end all definitely 10,000 diets better than this, but for me it's working. And for this guy it worked. And if you're struggling, yeah. maybe it'll work for you. I don't know, but yeah, it's free. It's free. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> you go rewind, listen to it again. Get yeah. <laughs> take your notes. Star review. Tell your dad. <laughs> right. Take your take your notes. Apply it. Um, I wanted to in a, in a kind of a gear or not a gear, but a, just a shift yeah. here. So I'll say gear shift. Sure. Um, it was cool because I got. I'm sure you did too. I got a lot of cool messages the other day after I posted that. Terrence oh, yeah. image and, and old writing from Terrence and it, it I, I'm tying this in kind of to where we were because we're talking about like these sort of this, this cyclical nature that we all have in our training throughout the year. And like, you're going through, you know, your cut, your, your load, your, you know, whatever. And, and, and without fail, like it's always around this time of year, like September ish for I mean for what like four years now four or five years now like I'm just like you know what I just need to roll through 2020 again yeah and like and, or 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 something stylistically similar yeah. to that like whether or not it's that one or something that I put together that's very similar to that but it's more about like I the type of training that I want to be doing like this type of year or this time of yeah. year always kind of like brings that into my head and it's so funny that like I was already having those thoughts Mm -hmm. before you had said hey let's do a t-post this week like and I was just like of course that's what we're going to do is like it was on the front of my mind for like six days leading up to this outside a little bit more like over on the the deck and uh kind of on the bar and stuff and man I'll be honest with you um that was a that was a driving build you know when Terrence and I were kind of like we were in a, we were in a rhythm and, you know, it was like, I'm going to build this. And he's like, I'm going to build this and I'm going to do this. And, you know, it was a good, <laughs> good challenging thing, dude. I didn't touch it after he passed away for, for a while. Yeah. And, um, I haven't sat on it really in over a year until I did that podcast over there. Like I've, I've never utilized right. it at all. Um, you know, it's, I don't know. It's not a, it's not a painful reminder. I don't guess. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, but it's just, when I trained out there, it felt good in a very different way. And it wasn't, yeah, maybe for the first time in a long time, you know, I didn't, I didn't connect it to Terrence. I actually kind of just 
connected to the training and I felt that with my my bow a little bit too because I've shot pretty heavily the last couple of days and um, I haven't filmed any of it you know and yeah I think there's you know I did end up filming a set uh, for Instagram or whatever but um, more after after the fact when it was like I'd already done the workout and uh, just right. kind of showed what I did but it was like I don't know the last time that I trained fully without thinking, man, I'm going to record something while I do this, or I'm going to shoot my bow <laughs> right. without, you know, any thought of recording it and not even to record my shot. Like just, I put on music and just shot my bow and I shot fucking terrible, but yeah, I felt really good, you know, like it, terrible for me, but right. I shot, like I well, enjoyed it. Well, it's dude, it's funny that you say it giving that example because when I was training Monday, which was the, I mean, we posted that one on, on Sunday night and then Monday I was, uh, I was training and I did our, our session from this mm-hmm. week on Monday. And, uh, I, in the spirit of just reading him, cause that's what I was doing when I was like, when I was going back mm-hmm. through all the, all the posts, I was like, we'll do a repost. Like I want to go find a good mm-hmm. one. You know, I'm like scrolling through. And as it happens, you know, when I do it, it's like, I look at my, my, my watch and it's like 40 minutes later, I'm still just like yeah, reading yeah. all the old ones, you know, which are great. And some of the hilarious ones that are in there. And I was like, I finally found the one, but I was like in just the, the, his headspace while I was training yesterday. And I did it like silent, yeah. no, no music, nothing. And I remember talking to him about it once. And he had said when he started doing it with like that and just the only sound he would hear in his, in his gym was his breath when he would like, it was his breath and the bells clanging that he would hear. And he's like, I just like it. Like I, I enjoy that more knowing that like I'm the only thing making sound in here. And like, there's like the serenity kind of thing to it. And I was out, I was just training out in the yard and I was like, I was actually getting a little bit of sun, but it wasn't a million degrees because it's finally yeah, nice. No like this feel I'm like this feels good finally to be out here and I'm not dreading training outside. But it was like I did it totally silent, except just like and I'm focusing on breathing through my movement and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the best training sessions I've had in like a couple yeah. months. And it just felt Dude, good. And so it was it's strange. Like I look I I look back through our WhatsApp stuff a lot. And uh, you know, just some of the theoretical training stuff we talked about, you know, like stuff that yeah. never did or never really applied, but just talked about, you know, you find those and then you find other things and the guy, I mean, I'm sure you're this way with your father. I can think about as mad or as much as distance as we ever had, my father and I, um, he never gave me bad advice, he never gave me the wrong direction. As yeah. much as I took his advice and said, shove it up your ass and did everything the wrong way. Um, <laughs> right. He never gave me the wrong advice. And man, for a guy that was younger than I was not by much, but younger um, lived in a totally different world that feels I've been to, I mean, I've not been to his place necessarily, yeah. but I've been to the country. I've been in South Africa for a guy that lives halfway around the world to speak in a way that was so resounding with everyone. Um, I, I mean, you can go back through those posts today, three years old, and they're still mm-hmm. poignant and relevant and important. Yeah. 
and I think we got to find we got to find a way. Maybe Guy has them, mm-hmm. but before the website got shut down and he had all those blog posts that were yeah. up, like those got to be somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I speak to his mother definitely not not enough, but I speak to his mother pretty often, and um, she's a she's a absolutely wonderful lady, just so encouraging and so positive. Even and I mean, you know, you have kids, I have a kid, and it's like I, I can't even imagine it. You know, and it's just, it's such a heavy thing that has brought us together. And, you know, as far as, it's just nice to know, because I'll wake up sometimes to a message and she was like, hey, here's a picture from the garden. Or, you know, here's a picture of while I'm on safari and, you know, it's an elephant or it's a Cape buffalo or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And it's like, in, in my place, like who who would I be to be angered by that or bothered by that? And I mean, not saying that it's ever even been a thought, but like those are messages she probably would have sent Terrence, you know, and conversations yeah. that she would probably have with Terrence. And for whatever reason, I got the privilege of being one, I'm sure she has others, but one of the people that she just tells her stories to, you know, and like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I was 25, if I'd have gotten it, if I'd have understood it or if I'd have engaged with it, you know, yeah. but like, man she's the person that made him you know she's the person that contributed so much and they're so similar they're 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 Mm -hmm. totally different human beings but man his his words are echoes of her creation like she Mm -hmm. speaks the same way she speaks as profoundly that's cool uh just an incredible incredible lady i mean i don't know how to ever highlight her i don't know if she would ever do a podcast episode um, I don't know if that's even an appropriate thing to, to cross the threshold of, but it's like, I guess what I would want from that is for people to see maybe maybe how important a parent can be. You know what I mean? Like, mm. he was special because of a million reasons, but when you see her, like, probably 750,000 of those reasons come from her. <laughs> Well, that's what I was going to say. Like the re- the reason would be like to give a help people understand him. More. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, okay, this is where it came yeah. from. Well, you know, this is where a ton of it came from right here. And everybody's like, Oh, well, this if you makes remember sense. all those paintings that he had around his house and stuff, she painted for him, you know? Yeah. She did them right. Just yeah. a super creative person, an amazing cook. Um, and just an elegance uh, about the way that she speaks, you know, like it was the same for him too, you know, the, the accent and then mm-hmm. also just a, there's a regality about it. And she calls everyone darling. She's like, Oh, hello, darling. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She's very grandmotherly in that way. Um, kind of a, kind of like the, you know, you say you go to England and it's 20 years behind the U S well, some of that's good, you know? And I think it's very yeah. similar down there. Like there's a lot of, they're behind the times, but maybe ahead of us on a few things. So seriously, but, what was cool for me this week too? Because even even now being Wednesday, it's still trickling through. But just to see, like, it's been I don't know how many months since we posted something mm-hmm. from him before. But the second that we do, yeah. just the flood yeah. of people that like that's still so cool to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't really know personally anyone else that I've ever that I've ever lost that it was like, 
that one took something from everybody. You know what I mean? Because yeah, well, I, I mean, that was like probably three or maybe two or three of the messages that I yeah. got, like just from when I reposted it from my mm-hmm. account, like that people would message me and they're like, there was never anybody that I didn't know at all yeah. that felt like, like that hurt that much yeah. that I felt like I knew, but never actually had a conversation. Yeah. With. And I mean, you know, Greg is pretty clever with his posting he doesn't post a lot. So when I saw his comment, it's like, yeah, this was a good one because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are needing it. And I mean, you think about all the situation that Greg has dealt with and the ups and downs yeah. with, the, with the media and whatnot. And it's like, I, I think that's what I appreciate about Greg's writing is it, if you'll actually take the time to read it and probably reread it to grasp it, um, it's the simplest thing you could read. And that's a lot of what yeah. Terrence's stuff was too. It's like where Greg's is more, <laughs> I don't know. It's like Greg is more of like the refined metal worker. You know, <laughs> Terrence is a little bit of the raw ore a little, you know, yeah. just, yeah. I don't know how any other way to put it than that, but it yeah. was, they're the same thing, just different, different versions of it, you know? Yeah, so, for sure. But I don't know, man. It's um, it. I get exactly what you're talking about because even my training, that complements the the hunting season a little bit more too. I think so, and that's probably part yeah. of it. Like you just coming in and you like inherently, instinctively know I need to be doing something differently or doing this a certain yeah. way, and then I'm like, this lends itself very well yeah. to that. And it's also like it's a little bit of that grit factor because they're all hard enough that you kind of have to tap into it yeah. a little bit. Um, and you can make it as hard as you want to, but like, that's for me, what I really enjoy about them is, you know, it's, it's almost like that yoga feeling where, you you know, you just want to quit, but you're like, I can see the finish line. Just keep going. Just keep Mm -hmm. going. Because I remember people would say that all the time. Well, it doesn't look that bad on paper. It doesn't look that bad on paper. Well, yeah. Through rounds one through three, it's not bad on paper. <laughs> of, nine of nine or yeah, ten. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was like today. I mean, it was three eights for eight. Yeah. And dude, I'm telling yep. you, um, the eighth round of the pull-ups was definitely not going to be Instagram worthy. Like it was, it was me talking Seriously. to some demons. You know, like the same, the same amount of fire up in my head as I would for an 840 pound deadlift. You know, it was like. Yep. What if you had to? What if you had to? And I, that is probably my biggest driver in training is like, what if you had to? How, what what would you face in your life that would make whatever you're feeling right now feel like this is worth doing? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but that's that's kind of been a saving grace for my training is what if you had to? But I don't know. I uh, I kind of went back through some old journals too. And, man, I was I was writing better when Terrence and I were communicating too, you know, it was like, um, Mm -hmm. it was just one of those, those rhythms where it was just good for, for a while, you know? Yeah. So, yep. Well now hold on that one second. We'll talk about one more thing, but I'm going to grab a beer in honor and because I'm thirsty. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So to prove my point, there we go. Sponsored. That reminds me because it was a Coors Light. Did you see what they did with their marketing thing? Uh, is either this week or last week with Shohei Otani? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he with hit, the, where where he hit the, the scoreboard. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. So he hit this. He hit a home run a million miles, 
and hit the the Coors Light uh, like advertisement, you know, LED board at the stadium, and it blacked mm. out like one square on the thing. And then the cans that they came out with like the next week had one black square at the top of the cans, like in the exact same spot of the logo. I'm like, that's so yeah. smart. Well, I'm glad you brought him up because I was actually going to talk a little bit about baseball. I saw that overall attendance is up 9.2% this year for baseball. Really? Game game timed, game times are down 38 minutes, I think was the number, because of the pitch rule, the, the pitch count, yeah. or as far as the time. Um, and revenue's up. So baseball wow. is actually America's game. Coming back. Well, you look at it through the Depression, through World War II and post-World War II, People went to more ball games. Yeah. So, and baseball is still a, cheap to attend. You know, relative. Uh, rel, I mean, relative to the other sports. I mean, <laughs> oh, you're not yeah, gonna, you, football. You're going to pay two hundred dollars. That's what I mean. I mean, you can if you're going to like a Wednesday one p or one p.m. game, you can spend like eighteen bucks on a ticket to get to an MLB yeah. game. You know. No, you're right about that. Like the Reds, that used to be my deal. I would go up there. Um, any of the guys that I harassed and or flip middle fingers to as a youth, I apologize, but. I would go to the games and buy, like, they were $6 for the nosebleeds. And I would just sit for an inning and, oh, no one's sitting in those five seats. Work my way down. By the end of the game, I was, like, sitting behind home plate because, you know, the game's <laughs> Security guard's like, how'd three. you get down here? <laughs> the Reds are losing by eight, but I'm, like, eighth inning sitting behind home plate. But I used to do that shit all the time. We used to uh, – well, I told you about the game where we went up to see Ricky Henderson play. And yeah. uh, we went up to the Reds' wild card play in. Did I tell you about the Astro van that we drove up there? I don't my buddy remember Brad, if you did. My buddy's Brad's mom had an Astro van. And uh, me and Travis and Jay, I think it was Randall, we all rode up there. Well, we're all Reds fans, like diehard Red fans at the time especially. We, we, uh, we cut school to go up there. We get there. It's like a, I think it was a 3 o'clock game, so we left at noon, got up there about one thirty. And uh, we go in, and we're parked in Mets parking. And we've got red shit all over our mm-hmm. stuff, you know. And we're sitting in the red or the Mets seats because they're the visitor. So anyway, we, as you might believe, we are a bunch of loudmouth, Kentucky-living, shit-talking young men. <laughs> and we were talking shit to everybody that we saw. Well, we get back to the place, and we're talking shit walking through the parking lot. The Astros' door won't close. Like, will not close. So we're driving through this parking lot, and Travis, like, black hair, like, like crystal blue eyes, you know, like, just has that um, Hulk, like, when the Incredible Hulk changes, mm-hmm. like, yep. those kind of eyes. Yep. Quiet, stringy-ass dude. Some Mets <laughs> fan, like, sticks his head in there and is, like, yelling at us. And Travis, like, with his back against the wall, just goes, <laughs> and like straight jacked him well then the mob came and yeah. we're like wheeling out of this parking lot with the door open and it's like oh sliding around gosh, and everything dude. but i mean there's no real point to that story other than we were just juvenile delinquents and it was fun but man you couldn't like one i couldn't imagine my own kid going and doing that shit now right like, but my mom and dad didn't know either so <laughs> it doesn't really, yeah. doesn't really matter um but dude baseball is such a cool game like I've fallen in love with it again because, dude, my algorithm is nothing but fucking baseball. <laughs> mine too. And, and hunting. You know? Mine it's, too. Dude, I, uh, and because, I've, it, because mine is, I found uh, 
like a couple of crazy Barry Bond stats for you. Oh, if you're Tony ready. Gwynn. Tony Gwynn. Like every... I have Tony Gwynn and Barry Bond stats for you right now. If you want a couple, cheers of them. up. So the first one I have, like these, I need some stat of the day music, and uh, so Barry Bond stats from '86 to '98. Okay, okay, so this so is pre steroids. Pre steroids. Ni- pre cream. We'll say pre cream. Sure. We won't there say you go. We'll say pre cream. 99.9 war, 297 average, 967 OPS, 411 home runs, three MVPs, seven silver, slug- silver sluggers, and eight gold gloves before steroids. Yeah. And then. So he could have been a Hall of Fame contender before that. On those years. Yeah. <laughs> on those years. Yeah. Okay. Got so it. So there's that one. And then. Uh, the one there was two Tony Gwynn ones. Where were they? I just had them up. Oh, one of them was. So this is obviously was it a the three hundred one three hundred two? No, it wasn't that one. So this one is obviously a hypothetical because Pete Rose is eighty two years old. So right. Pete Rose could you know quote unquote come out of retirement today, yeah. go seven fifty for seven fifty, and still ha- Pete Rose could go seven fifty yeah, yeah. for seven fifty. And still have a lower average than Tony Gwynn. Yeah, I, I can't remember <laughs> who the guy, who the other guy was. Um, it might have been like it wasn't Ted Williams because he was higher than this. But just say Ted Williams. It was somebody great like that. They're like, you know, across twelve seasons, this guy batted three hundred one or whatever. Tony Gwynn batted his entire career at three hundred two with two strikes. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what exactly. I mean. It's like the, damn. The, so the the other uh, <laughs> the other Tony Gwynn one that I heard the other day was like. Um, so if you take all of the – if you just counted the innings that yeah. he was pitched to by pitchers that would eventually become Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. okay, it was a, it was like 161 and a half games. So he literally played – he literally got – a season. He pitched a full – got pitched a full season by just Hall of Fame pitchers, mm-hmm. and he had like a 314 average or something like that. Like it yeah. was just something stupid, like that didn't even make any sense. So the other Bonds one I found, this was the one. This is the last one I was going to tell you. So, uh, Big Poppy's OBS all time mm-hmm. is three eighty. This yeah. is including his time in Minnesota when he wasn't great, but he was but, still right, right. still good. If you took all of Barry Bonds' home runs and made them outs, his OBS would be three eighty four. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, he definitely stupid. doesn't deserve to be in the hall. It's just yeah. stupid. Like it. How many? How many generations? What year does he get in the Hall of Fame? Or I don't is think he, a he can. Can't. I think he's done now. I, I think his this like last year or two years ago was his last chance. I think it's over now. Yeah, I because mean they're, they can still put him in on a special ballot. Can't they're they? only. I mean, like in, they're only allowed. That's to be the only on, way now. They're only allowed to be on the ballot like five times or something like that. And oh, after so that, they they're not allowed. Him. Yeah, he's done. So they, they put him on the ballot. He'll never get in. Oh man, that is that is an injustice worse than Rose, I think. It's yeah, unbelievable. Because the problem that I have with it is the same fat fuck people that bitched about this and complain about this are the same ones that cheer when a home run clears the fence. Yeah. You know, the same one that cheers when Carl Lewis sets a world record. Yeah. The same, the same one that couldn't believe that Ben Johnson won the Olympics. Like, these are the same people. It's just like that Mayweather thing I posted yesterday. Yeah. Like, you know, there's some guys saying, that ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. Dude, 
that was lightning on a human arm. Yeah. You know, like to see what these guys do. And here's the thing, and this is what I put into perspective because powerlifting was rampant with steroids for a hobby. Right. For a hobby. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like the things that these people are doing on, on OnlyFans for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, when somebody says, hey, you get to play the greatest game ever invented, and if you hit 25 home runs, we're going to pay you $2 million a year, you're going to be a star. You hit 30 home runs, we're going to pay you $4 million a year, and you're going to be a bigger star. You hit 40 home runs a year, you're going to be a Hall of Famer, and you're going to make $10, $12 million a year. Yeah. Shut your fucking fat mouth. Like, there's not one of you that has ridiculed a person like this that would turn down those things. I mean... Look, you can't even turn down a fucking Happy Meal. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to turn down $10 million difference for the same job you do, just doing it a little bit better. And if a little bit better is, you can buy testosterone for $50, right? Yeah. Like, you can literally buy testosterone for $50. Yeah. At a 35-year-old man, there's probably less than 10% of 35-year-old men that walk into a TRT clinic or a doctor that don't qualify for it. But because you're 30 years old or 35 years old and you play for a sports organization, you can't even qualify for the same TRT levels or TRT therapy that an average 35-year-old would. So I think it's just a dumb point. I think there should be some tests like, hey, stay within these limits. Guys are going to abuse that. Guys are abusing drugs. There's somebody is abusing peptides, insulin, growth hormone. And even if you take it – away from the drug standpoint and just finding ways to get around stuff to get better. Like, yeah, sure. Can we just take it back to the 86 Mets? Yeah. (laughs) Cokes and hooker, Cokes and hookers in the bullpen. Like, well, and like (laughs) in the sixties, they weren't taking steroids, but they were all like Mickey Mantle was taking, you know, speed speed and like, you know, grease and baseball smoking in the the dugout. (laughs) What's his name? The pitcher for the pirates that was on LSD for that complete, complete game that he threw. Yeah. Or was that, he was a perfect game or no hitter. And he was on, it was a no, no. Yeah. It was a no, no. He was on LSD the whole time. Yeah. Like he, uh, (laughs) he said that, that his biggest regret about it was that that's what he was remembered for. Yeah. He's like, I don't regret doing the drug. He said, I just, I regret that people remember (laughs) that that was who I'm that guy. Yeah. You know? But, no, I'm happy for that. Um, I was glad to see football back, college and NFL. Like, yeah. again, I, there's just a lot of great things about fall. Like, yeah. baseball's full swing, no pun intended. Uh, NFL's kicking off. College football, fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's very little better than college football to me. Dude. Do you ever – do you ever uh, – do you do ever do any sports betting? No, I can't. And I, I can't – I mean, I oh, could if okay. I used, you know, you – to do it for yeah. me or something like that, but there, I can't do it on any apps or anything here in Idaho. So. Uh, I, I do a little horse betting at Keeneland, but that's in person and it's yeah. one or maybe once or twice a year. Yeah. Um, I might, might with some buddies bet $5 on a game here and there, but it's, it's very selective, but man, I was listening to a podcast there. Um, I don't remember which one it was, but they were talking about whoever it was had a beef with Steve Wynn. Oh, it was uh, there's a guy. He wrote a book uh, called The Gambler. He's the greatest gambler of all time. He organized like a billion dollar gambling ring. Wow. Like he's very proud of himself. You should check out the first chapter of his book, and you'll be sick of it. But <laughs> nevertheless, um, he talked about some of the things. So when gambling went legal in New York State, Steve Wynn and another few 
conglomerates bought 10 years rights to all the gambling for $250 million. Wow. The first month was $1.6 billion in in sporting bets. It was like $13 million in sporting bets placed that year alone in New York state. How do you think it impacts the game? Do you think that the, the spread of legalized gambling has done its job, which is to basically extradite the mafia from, from within, but now who are the power players? Like who has the sway, you know, this is okay. So I'm going to tie this into two things here because they, they, they go together. So with the sports betting thing, just a, Mm -hmm. a random nugget that I saw the other day, the Colorado Arkansas game, was it no Ar- Nebraska? Not Arkansas. The yeah, Colorado yeah. Nebraska game, twenty five percent, and I think this might have been on DraftKings or something like that. One of the platforms, twenty five percent of all bets placed that week had a Colorado Nebraska bet on. Hell it. yeah, and Dude, Dion. Let's talk about Dion. Yeah. So, after this, yeah. But so Dion. with with that and with the, it, it's the same thing as the NIL. In, yeah. in college sports because now you've quote unquote brought it all into the light rather than having it exist like you know players were all getting money before oh, I saw it exactly yeah, I saw it yeah. the, like the I can't remember the when they had all the the college basketball coaches going through all that indictment stuff a few years back and they were all in court and all that stuff they they came out like this is they have paper trails for this the going rate for a point guard at Creighton Creighton, mm-hmm. like it's a basketball yeah. stu- school, you know, obviously, yeah. but a hundred grand a year. Yeah. For, I mean, like you don't think Duke is in North Carolina and like all these things are exorbitant amounts of money. So like now that they've quote unquote brought this all public and made it above water technically. Yeah. Now, you know, it, it makes me think too, you know, yeah, Nick Saban never got in trouble for playing any of that stuff, but now Alabama's not running away with stuff every year since this happened because now everybody yeah. else is fair game. Yeah. Like Dion wants to bring in people and pay him whatever he wants. They can, if Texas wants to go get arch Manning and pay yeah. him whatever he wants. And I think the thing I saw was like arch until this week when Joe just signed his record setting contract, like his previous contract, arch Manning was making more than Joe Burrow was. Well, there's a kid, there's like a kid. In Tennessee, there's a Tennessee um, recruit. I think he's a senior this year. Real, real tall, skinny black kid, um, like, like a light skinned kid, mm-hmm. and real. Is he a quarterback? He reminds me. Yeah, he reminds me of one of those kind of like, uh, kind of like like uh, the Xanax rappers, kind of. <laughs> like he always wears these big baggy sweatpants, like <laughs> yeah. rolled up to his to his knee. Um, Always wears like a SpongeBob shirt. Got kind of crazy hair. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, I've seen the kid on Instagram before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know what what the validity of this stat was, but I mean it's insane. Like you know, he's 400 yards a game, you know, six touchdowns a game kind of kid. He's the he's the biz. Um, but it was saying that his high school contracts were going to be in excess of seven million dollars this year, as a senior, you know, and. So to tell you an example, and this is third-party information, but a former business partner of mine uh, that worked with high school athletes, especially developmental, right before either uh, you know college camps or something like that, he was, he was a really high-level coach involved with uh, 
with a lot of players going into college. He had a three-star kid that was offered a, a partial scholarship to USC. Nebraska got wind of him right before signing day and invited him out. Big kid, you know, 6'5", 320, something like that, big O-lineman. Had good skill, great strength. And Nebraska set him down and was like, look, we just lost a guy in this position. ACL, he's gone for the year. We know you have the skill set. We'll help you build it. We can do this, this, and this, and we'll give you $50,000. And they also said, go out and enjoy the night on the town and come back. Well, this kid is green as the fucking grass. Like, virgin, never been away from mama and daddy. And he's on a college campus. And uh, they hook him up with two girls, send him out. And these girls are, like, trying to get all over him, you know, like trying to have their way with him. And he's like, I need to call my mom. So he mm-hmm. fucking called his mom and came back and went to USC. But this is, a, like, point being, mm-hmm. like, this is a three-star kid that just fit the body type of what they thought was, like, yeah. possible. Yeah. 50, 50 grand a year and then sexual favors Insane, as much as you man. need. And it was, and dude, like that's the, that should tell you he's a three star. Yeah. There's four and five star caliber kids out there. There's kids that are sitting at a desk, you know, on signing day with Bama, Florida, Texas, Tennessee hats on that table. Yeah. You know, did well, you see the kid that that um, where did he choose? Oh, he chose Florida, and his mom got up and walked away from the table. No, because he didn't yeah. tell her, and she was ticked. Yeah, oh she was wearing gosh. a she was wearing a Bama hat and a Tennessee sweatshirt, and then he picked Florida, and she got up and left. Wow! So I wonder how much I wonder how much money that dude cut Mama. Also, on, that deal. <laughs> on all of this, as far as re, you know, we talk about with gambling and Pete Rose, right? Like that should negate everything he ever went through, right? Right, right. away because of where it is now. With all this NIL stuff, give Reggie Bush back everything, dude. You know what I mean? Like I, I hate Reggie Bush because he propelled the Kardashians. Like I literally hate him for that reason. Yeah, but that dude was the business. That was in college football. That, that USC like, team was like that. That decade of US, you, not you even take, decade, but taking, like that six seven years of USC was like some of the most taking, fun ever. You taking them, the O one Hurricanes, Hurricanes, or or the U, Michael Irvin. I'm taking the 01 team with Ed Reed yeah, and too. Ray Lewis and all dude, those guys. They laid down. They laid down dudes that didn't even start on that team. They had that are pro. That's that the, are pro bowlers right that, now. That team still has the record for most, like most draft picks from one team. It's like in thirty one year something. Or something like that. It's like thirty. They something. had like five in the top in the first round. They I know like, that team had like five first rounders or something like that. So that, they had Jeremy Shockey. They had Ed Reed. They had Curtis Portis, or was it Clinton Portis? Clinton Portis. Clinton Portis. Willis McGahee. They had both of them. Those dudes, they, Ray Lewis, Ed those Reed, some, those are Warren, some different kind of dudes. I guess Work, Warren Sapp was earlier because he was in the '90s, but Warren yeah. Sapp was there. But yeah, did you see what that uh, Florida State wide receiver? I think he's a wide receiver. He might be a cornerback. He was like, I came down here. They gave me a car. They gave me women. He said, I knew as soon as I stepped foot on campus, the Knolls are back, and that's all he said. It's like they gave Dude. me a car. They gave me women. It's <laughs> like eighteen-year-old kid. Man, it's um. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Oh one. Hurricanes team. And honestly, I mean, if we're talking about what the best college football teams ever were, Joe Burrow's, L- Joe Burrow's LSU team from a few years ago oh, yeah, was yeah. about as overwhelming as there's ever been. You remember how good – you were probably pretty young, but 
like ninety four to ninety six Nebraska. Yeah, when wasn't Tommy that... Fra- when Tommy Frazier was the quarterback and he got that blood clot in his leg and was that with Boz or was that after Boz? No, that was that was after that. Um, this would have been. Let's see. I'm trying to think of who the coach was. It wasn't Barry Switzer at the time because he was with the Cowboys. Switzer was. Um, Jimmy wasn't with the Cowboys not, then. I mean, not, not 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 uh, shit. Nebraska. I can't. Uh, Tom Osborne. He was. Uh, he's the athletic director again, but he was the coach at this time. Dude, that's when they had. I mean, it was just run it down your throat. Yeah. Defense lock you down. That was that was the epitome of Big Twelve football, Big Ten football style, Big Twelve football style. Mm-hmm. That that element of the game, that that hard nosed running game, is basically obsolete. You saw that in the off season with the NFL too. Mm-hmm. Like the running back is nobody's getting paid anymore, man. They're getting cut. They're getting traded. They're getting all holding out. It's crazy. I just saw um, in, in back in the college football realm because that's been some of the stuff that's showing up on my stuff also lately. Uh, I will stop just because of what it meant to me as an Idahoan. Right, I will stop and watch the last two minutes of BSU Oklahoma Fiesta Bowl forever. Every time I see it for the rest of time, like I was trying to tell some of the guys in like my friends group chat that aren't that are all from the South, wherever, where it's like Boise State is like an ant that we step on. Bluefield, that's it. Like that's all anybody knows. But like that shut down the entire state for a week. Like that, One of the game, greatest we had, plays ever. We had an assembly at high school because I was 16. I was yeah. a sophomore. We had an assembly at school the next day just to watch the highlights of the game. Yeah. Like that, that was, it was unbelievable. Like that, the last two minutes with the hook and ladder to oh, give dude. him the touchdown, then the Statue of Liberty to go on the two point conversion the after. Conversion. But the, everybody remembers those two plays. Everybody forgets about the f- fake punt pass. Yep. And, like, everything else that was going on. And the fact that everybody forgets about who they were playing. Like, yeah. Adrian freaking Peterson. Peterson. Also, who was, like, one of my favorite players ever. Did you send me that, that video of him in college? I might have. Because he that was. dude. He, he was different. Dude, he, was, he is seriously like one of my favorite players. And that was when I was actually a running back. So, I consumed yeah, yeah. him and Ladanian. It, like oh, yeah. tape, like you wouldn't believe. Like I was never gonna be Adrian because I wasn't six two and two forty. But that's what made him unreal. Like, like and he, was the, he was like LeBron um, in the yes, NBA. Yes, that's exactly what, I mean? what he was. But Ladanian was like smaller and quick, kind of more Barry, Barry Sanders ish, yeah, ish, but could still run through dudes. And I'm like, I can do that. Like I'm fast. But I used to watch oh, him and uh, Jerry Rice do uh, Sandhills. Oh yeah, that was one of yep. Ladanian's biggest dude drivers. I saw I got to see Jerry play the year that he was in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Because we used to go to Seahawks games a bunch, and we had season yeah. tickets for a couple of years, so we would, like, fly up on a day, just spend the day, and then fly because tickets were cheap uh, yeah. for flights at that time. And uh, we used to go up and watch a game. So we went that year that they had him, and they had him, Hasselbeck, Sean Alexander, who was another one that I loved. And, yep. and that whole team was awesome. So I got to see Jerry play. And then the next year was the year that the Jets had Favre. And they came to Seattle to play. So we went back that next year. So I got to see Favre play. But he, was a awesome. J- he was a Jet, but it was still cool, like, seeing yeah. some of those guys. Well, that's like, you know, I got to see Jordan play against the Sonics at Rupp Arena. That's you know, so cool. 20, I think he had 22, 24 points, something like that. It was all in the first half. 
you know. My parents was, used to drive down to, to Salt Lake and watch him play the jazz when Stockton yeah. alone were there. Dude, that would have been such a good – because they were just back and forth. Yeah. You know, you really did have, like, two styles of basketball. Mm-hmm. You had the new wave, the triangle offense, and then you had Jerry Sloan, basically an advanced Princeton offense. Yeah. You know, we're going to set square screens. We're going to pick and roll, <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, but you had the greatest pick and roll point guard of all time. Like, yeah. you know, send one up to the mailman. Come on. <laughs> right. You know, like Greg Ostertag. Oh, God. Him and Rodman <laughs> used to have just wars. <laughs> During those Dude, finals, just saying names from '90s sports just like oh, yeah. makes me giddy, man. You just say names. Chris Dudley, start... <laughs> Anthony Mason, John Starks. What was Reggie... the Hornacek? Oh, Jeff Hornacek, Hornacek dude. Yeah. number fourteen. You can't <laughs> can't leave him on the wing. He looked like I always said he looked like Cam Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, do you remember Craig Hodges? Yes. Okay, number fourteen for the Bulls. He was a three point champion. Luke Longley. Uh, Luke Longley, Tony Kukoc, Kukoc. Uh, Ron Harper. Remember when Ron Harper was like Kmart Jordan? Yes. Like <laughs> yes, dude. he came out wearing the fucking knee well, sleeve. Well, that's what with they the, did with who? Who else was that? That was like, um, he even had the red top rolled down on the black knee sleeve. Like yeah. it was like Jordan life. Yes, that was who they thought. <laughs> but the bad thing is, Ron Harper was a he was a G. He was like, still he was, awesome. He was good as shit. That's they and, did that with but Grant he was Hill Jordan. too. Like oh, yeah, yeah, Grant yeah. Hill was like the one where like, okay, he's Jordan. He's the next one or whatever. Yeah. Like they started yeah. doing that then. And this was like 92 or well, whatever. And then Harold Miner, when he won the dunk contest, mm-hmm. he was baby Jordan, you yeah. know, never to be heard from again. So funny, dude. <laughs> but there's been so many guys like, dude, I, I heard, uh, I heard of something really cool about Kobe and they asked him, he was like, are you more of a player that plays to win? Or are you a player that tries not to lose? And she was like, there's two types of players. He said, actually, I'm not either one of those. He's like, I play to learn. Hmm. And he's like, if I learn enough, I win. He's like, but if I only think about winning, I stop learning. Yeah. And if I play not to lose, I'm too scared to learn. Yeah. He's like, the more I learn, the better I become. And, dude, that guy, I'll be honest with you, the rape charge on him, to tell you the kind of person I was back then, much like Tyson, you know, it kind of condemned them to me for good. Like, yeah. I thought, yeah, these guys did it, like, for sure. Well, I got a little little taste of uh, of recognition within a very, very small sport. And, you know, I watch guys get into some sticky situations um, very similar, and I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like that guy at all. Yeah. Or, you know, that kind of thing. So it gave me a different look. But I, I really – did not pay enough attention to Kobe as a man mm-hmm. when he was a player. Um, but that dude, I, that's probably like, you know, to issue an apology is stupid. But, you know, I wish that I had given him another look while he was still alive because everything I've seen from him since he's been gone is like whether he did or he didn't. And just like Tyson, whether he did or he didn't, you know, I'm a person that did and didn't. In, in other areas of my yeah. life, you know? So I think a little bit of wisdom and a little bit of time changed my perspective on both of those, regardless of what they were. Man, Tyson is like, again, he's a guy that I think America should rally behind more. Like mm-hmm. here's a black man spent time in prison, was on top of the world as like, he was iconic, not just a great boxer. Like he was the boxer. Uh, he was boxing. 
you know, and they he turned himself around, and it's like that should be the story that's told more often than not, you know, that you can come back, that you can dust yourself off, that you can have different views on things, you can see that you were a monster, you can see that your vices were trying to kill you, not help you, or make you feel better. Um, I don't know, I like. I don't want to sit here and make them sound like saints, but there's there's a lot of value in mm-hmm. what those two guys, you know, especially Kobe before he passed, and then Tyson still, you know, he's he's doing some incredible stuff. These that days. was one of those ones to give another example of, like, I don't really get bummed too much or like hurt when mm-hmm. celebrities or whoever pass away. Like, there's only been a couple that like actually it hit me pretty hard. And Kobe was one. Like, I mean, Mm. just from the age in my life, like he was, he was the, even though he played in both eras, he was the bridge of Mike era to LeBron era. And he was in both. You know what I mean? Like, and he was himself dominating in both still. And so like, he was obviously played much more in the LeBron era than he did prior. But like, he was that gap. And that was like, I was, when he, I mean, that was, that was, did you watch a lot of Iverson? I loved Allen Iverson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. That guy was, I don't know. Much man. shorter you window, know. but in that same, yeah. that same like bridge area era. Like, you know was. what I used to love was uh, when ESPN2 was like, and now it's ESPN Classic, but they show those old ball games, the old basketball games and stuff, like the Bird era, uh, Dominique Wilkins versus the Celtics kind of shit. Um that stuff was amazing, but that era of late '80s, really to like 2000, basketball yep. was just some of the most ridiculous. Like everybody was good, everybody was good. You didn't have power teams. You did. I mean, the Bulls were a, you know, you got Scotty and Jordan organically. Yeah. You know, you got them and built them into what they were, but then they kind of assembled some pieces. But every team had two to three guys like. Think about Penny Hardaway, Shaq, and Nick Anderson, Dennis Scott. I can name four on the Magic. Yeah. You know, you think about like, uh, oh, what God? I mean, you think about um, Clyde Drexler, Cl- uh, Clifford Porter, mm-hmm. um, he or Cliff Robinson. I mean, and yeah. then who was the who was no, Porter? Terry Porter. That was another one. Arvita Sabonis. Sabonis. <laughs> the big. <laughs> Sabonis. Big Z. You know. But, dude, you could go on and on and on and on, but every team had three guys that were, like, potential all-stars. Yeah. For sure. And then four or five, you know, the guys that weren't potential all-stars were dogs. Yeah. Like, they were just killers, you know. Charles I mean, Oakley. It's a bad dude, man. Yeah, he is. He's at war with the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Like, you know how many times he's been thrown out of that stadium now? He's been – and he's been banned from the Garden. Yeah. He's been kicked out. But I mean, he – and that was he know. got kicked out of the garden as an old man. Like he's been he yeah. got banned when he was like in his sixties. Yeah, that's a, that's what happened with him and the Bulls. He talked shit about Jerry Krause. Yep. And uh, they never let him back in the building. I don't yeah, think he's but. awesome enforcer. That was a. I don't know. I don't watch the NBA hardly at all anymore. I, don't really I mean, I, I do. I do kind of the playoffs, and I'll watch some highlights here and there. But you know, I'm an ESPN app guy. I go to the app primarily for UFC updates and stuff like that. But. I'll check the highlights on some things, check scores. Do you still watch SportsCenter or anything? Not really. Like uh, Dude, this time got, of year, got, this time of year, I'll watch it. 
uh, not even Sports Center. I don't because I guess it's not Sports Center. I'll watch just like the. It's like Coffee Talk with Wanda and Reba, yeah. or something. The no, NFL. Like... I, I watch the NFL on NFL Network. Their Good Morning Football show is actually really good. Yeah, uh, um, with Kyle Brandt. I still do. You, do you like Fox or NBC football better? I don't really. I mean, I go back and forth on Collinsworth, so I can't probably say and like. I probably dude. Like have the, you seen some of the videos of him talking about like banging young girls? It's yeah, he's something yeah. else, man. I, he's I like, just, those young girls. It's like wow. I just with him, I can't, I can't listen to him that long. Yeah, you know. But the but the Sports Center thing, dude. I would watch it, the full thing, two or three times a night. For sure. <laughs> I'd put it on. Like when we'd go over to our friend, like I'd go over to my buddy's house or whatever, and we'd stay up and we'd put it on at like nine while we were doing stuff. And it would just loop and we'd fall asleep watching it and we'd wake up and it would still be, the, it would be back on. It was like, oh, I didn't see that the first time. We'd literally watch it for hours a night. Oh, I know. Well, they were funny as shit too. Cause like that's so when those Pelt guys. And Stu, Stuart Scott. Oh, yeah. And, and then even Oberman was hilarious on there. Dan, Dan Patrick. Patrick was good. That, that early 2000s, like early to mid 2000s crew. That was what about bef- Chris Berman? Back, 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 Berman back. was awesome. Gone. Berman was awesome. That was uh, John Anderson was still there. He was good. Did you ever watch uh, WGN White Sox baseball? No, I had Superstation. That's why. I, oh, okay. That's why I was a Braves guy. So yeah, I, well, was, everybody that was like you couldn't help was me. A Braves it was TBS. <laughs> yeah. But I had WGN, so um, they would show White Sox Cubs games back to back, and then they would be like Bulls that night. So I'm like WGN glued, and uh, but. I can't remember the guy's name right now. They called him Hawk, but um, Andre Dawson. Like, well, he played there, but this this guy was um, that was what they called him in the in the booth. But he was like, and he hit another one. Put it on the board. Yes, it's out of here. You know, like one of those guys. Yeah. But um, you know, then Harry Carey was a show in all oh. to itself, like beyond baseball. Yes. You know, Ryan Sam, Sam, like Sam. He's a good second baseman, you know, like Ryan Sandberg only played for the Cubs like 23 years, but hey, yeah. still can't get his name right. So good, dude. I could do 90s sports talk forever. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, even like hockey back then, like the Rangers, Mark Messier, Eric Lemieux, or uh, dude, I mean, Mark, okay. Lemieux, and then uh, Mark Messier, I'm sorry, Eric Lindros, that whole crew, like hockey back then was legit. I have Sergey Sergey Fedorov, Yager. I have maybe the best, and this this is up up in the running for like best sports stat I've ever heard any sport, and it's a okay. Gret, it's a Gretzky stat. Okay, yeah. if you take away all of Gretzky's goals, mm. he's still the all time points leader. It's big dick energy, right? That's there. unreal. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, did you hear the story with Crosby and him? Like. He went to like a Canadian scouting camp for like youth, and he said he saw Crosby play, and he was like, "You know, I'm here as an executive, just watching." He was like, "I brought my skates in the next day. I just wanted to be on the same ice as this kid." That's he crazy. Like, He's like, "I I knew this was something special." And then it kind of juxtapositions to Crosby, and I'm like, "What the hell is he doing?" He's like, "I'm yeah. here. I am challenged by Gretzky." You know, and he said <laughs> it got kind of chippy for a minute, but. He's like Gretzky was just tipping him up the whole time, just like do this or try this or yeah. you got this already, you just don't know it, you know. So that's pretty awesome, man. Like, I don't know if Mike, if like LeBron and uh, Jordan have a story like that. I but, don't know that they do. I know Mike and Kobe have some. 
Yeah. Well, I just think I don't know. I just think LeBron's not even in the same class as those two. Dude, the video that you posted of Mike last week at his kids camp is like just one of the best videos ever. Like, like the whole video. He's got this huge kids camp, hundreds of kids there, and he made a bet with them that if he he I don't know how many shots he took he, from around It was around the world and back. Around, around and the missed, world and back. And if he misses one shot, he's getting new shoes for the entire camp and he drained every single shot. <laughs> So he probably funny. had a side bet on it somewhere with somebody. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> he had Dude, a he had a bet he in the corner for five grand. Just the best. He has. I mean, I told. I know I've told you even probably on the podcast before, but like the favorite thing I ever heard him say was just like a few years ago because it was the year that LeBron's Lakers won in the bubble, mm. and somebody was asking him in an interview and said, "Do you think uh, who do you think would win the between?" LeBron's Lakers and the 96 Bulls and he said oh we would win and they said you know what's what would the score be and he's like oh we probably only win by two or three points and they go well why so why so close a game and he goes well we're all almost 60 now <laughs> so, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh that's just the most Michael story ever you know a part of that guy believes he could still play oh yeah 100 you percent. Know? and it's sad because like he did go to the Wizards, and he was still Jordan. He just didn't have any support there. Yeah. It, you know, he, like. He had, like, three three or four 40-point games for the yeah. Wizards that year. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Like, oh, so good. Yeah, but it's got to end for everybody, and I guess this show's got to end at some point, too. That's so. a good wrap-up. We've been – this is, like, a two-hour episode, and we did a whole hour yeah. just on 90 sports. I'm down to do that more often, too. So Hell, Yeah. Uh, thanks guys. If you've made it this far into the episode, yeah, for sure. go shot, go sign up for the newsletter and, uh, that'll do it. We'll catch you guys next time. Appreciate it guys.